Welcome back to the Game 7 Podcast. It is Isaac Bugarin back with you guys again after a a very, very, very long hiatus. Um, gosh, it's so good to be back to talk about talk about sports for once, you know. Um, today we have we have a very interesting podcast today, and if, I'm sure you read the title by now, so you already know what it's about. Um, I am reacting to the night one of the Last Dance, the Last Dance, which is the uh, the ESPN document um, about basically the third championship of um, Michael or the third championship of the second three-peat that Michael Jordan and the Bulls um, had. And so really it's documenting everything um, with, from, from absolutely unprecedented access that that the team gave them and and interviews and and quotes and just everything about it. I'm I'm reacting to that today. And I'm going to start off by saying um, this was the best two hours of quarantine that I think I've had. 100%, like without a doubt. This was the best two hours that I think I've had. Um, before I get too much into it, this is the Game 7 Podcast. I'm Isaac Bugarin. Uh Will hasn't watched it yet, so that's why he's not on the podcast with me because he hasn't watched it yet. But I imagine eventually he'll get into it and he'll, and he'll be able to watch um, episode 1, 2, and then three and four next week, and, and we, we should be able to record a podcast about it then. Um, but as of right now, it's just me talking about The Last Dance. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at underscore Game 7, Facebook Game 7 Show, YouTube Game 7 Show, um, all of our social media. Uh, if you don't like my takes or if you don't like what it is that I'm saying, then I guess you could uh, shoot us an email, game7show.gmail.com. I check that pretty regularly. So uh, go ahead, shoot us an email whenever you feel like uh, I made a bad take. If you think I... You think I suck at my job? Then by all means, go ahead. Let me know. Um, but yeah, follow us at underscore Game Seven Game Seven Show. Pretty much all all of our social media handles. We have my personal number. You can reach out to me that way too. Um, but gosh, yeah, this is the best two hours of quarantine. You know, um, it, the last dance talks about Jerry Krause, Phil Jackson, uh, Scottie Pippen, and of course Michael Jordan. That's pretty much what we've gotten into so far in, in these in in these two episodes tonight. Um, so first, before I get in, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you about what I'm going to talk about today. Um, as far I'm going to talk about some of the quotes that I heard that I had to write down that I was like, huh, interesting. And then, uh, um, a couple questions that I, that I kind of had of myself and I saw it on Twitter, um, as I was scrolling through and watching, uh, just a couple, couple, uh, talking points to say the least. Number one is that I'm just gonna, I got my list here. I'm just gonna go right down the list, uh, not not in chronological order or anything. So if you watch, if you haven't watched it yet, then I don't want to ruin it for you. But uh, the first thing I wrote down was that Michael Jordan said that he earned his stripes in Game Three at Milwaukee. I believe they were they were down like what nine points entering the fourth quarter or something, and it was just a Chicago Bulls team that just um, essentially just did not want to win. Like they were afraid of winning. They didn't know how to win. And so Michael Jordan just comes back and and, and says, uh, "Here, here's my fourth quarter. I'm gonna drop what what he dropped. I don't even remember how many he, he dropped, but it was his third game in the league. And he says, "That's when I earned my stripes." That is crazy to 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 say. Is like this kid's a rookie. He's 190 pounds, dripping wet, and he says, "You know what? I'm a rookie, but I earned my stripes in game three. <laughs> like, well, nobody else has the balls to say that." You know, 
to say, I knew I earned my stripes in game three. That's like me saying, um, saying, you know, I earned my stripes on this podcast all the way back in month number one. Like that's when I knew this podcast was going to be great. That, that's the kind of confidence that, that Michael Jordan had. Um, the second thing I wrote down was that uh, Dean Smith, head coach at UNC, University of North Carolina, um, he tells Michael Jordan to go pro because it's the best thing for him. Dean Smith knew that without Michael Jordan, obviously his, his college program is not necessarily rebuilding, but you're losing the best player on the team. You're losing a, a, one of the most noble players in, in university history at that time. You know, you're losing him. And for, for the head coach to, to come to Michael Jordan and say, listen, I know that you don't know what you're about to tell the press if you're committing to another year at UNC or if you're committing to the draft. But what I want you to know is that I want you to go pro because it's the best thing for you. He knew, I think, I think Dean Smith knew, obviously, that Michael Jordan and any college player, for that for the matter of fact, is, is just one injury away from potentially ruining everything that they have going for them. Like, he's just one injury away. Um, and so for Dean Smith, and, and I think Michael Jordan realized it too, was that um, you have to go while you're young. You know, you have to go while your stock is high. Otherwise, again, one injury is going to derail everything. You know, it's going to take take away pretty much everything that that you you have done, essentially, right? And so for, for Dean Smith to say that Michael Jordan, you know, he, he puts Jordan's life, Jordan's livelihood, Jordan's family, um, everything about Jordan's career, he puts that ahead of the program. And I think that's, that just speaks volumes to Dean, Dean Smith, um, head coach at UNC, because, like, I mean, I think any player would want to play in that program now, you know? I mean, even, well, obviously now anybody wants to play there now, but then um, you have a, a head coach of a, of a nationally awarded program that is telling players, like, hey, listen, I'm going to be okay. This program will be okay. We'll figure out a way to get by. But what I care about, is you. I care about what you are doing with your future and you getting to the NBA. That is his goal, is to develop players, not necessarily just care about his his program and his championships and his bonuses, you know. So that was another, that was another thing I wrote down was Dean Smith at UNC. Great, great, great quote. Great, great, great soundbite from there. <laughs> another one that I wrote down um, was Larry Bird, Larry Bird, excuse me, following the 1986 playoff performance of Michael Jordan. So if you remember, Michael Jordan absolutely goes off in game one for, what, 49 points and and um, absolutely goes off against the Celtics. I, b- I believe the Celtics team has four Hall of Famers on it, including Larry Bird, if I remember correctly. Um, and then, so he goes off, Michael Jordan goes off for 49 points in game one. Game two, he comes, about, comes around and, and drops like, what, 60-plus 60 points? Unprecedented absolutely unprecedented and it didn't matter who was guarding michael jordan they said everybody tried to guard him from from larry bird to bill walton you know you were getting everybody to guard this dude and nobody nobody could guard him and i I believe they said bill walton even fouled out um, pretty early on too he had like four fouls um and and was it the second or third quarter he had four fouls and and was just getting stuck in, in trying to guard michael jordan um so eventually fouls out and so after the game or after the series, whatever, Larry Bird 
gives this great quote that says um, basically that he doesn't he didn't believe that was Michael Jordan. He he said um, he said that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. And I, I to say that about a, a sophomore player coming off an injury, just insane. You know, for him to say like, yeah, this dude averaged or he just dropped 112 points on us in two games. And uh, yeah, he's got he, he I, that wasn't Michael Jordan out there. That was God. Just absolutely insane. Um, and that was that was Michael Jordan coming off an injury. Another injury that I wrote down was Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen um, had surgery before the season or um, right when the season started. Somebody correct me if I was wrong on that. If it's right before the season started or or right at the end of summer, because this this quote that he says he says quote excuse my language right here I'm not gonna fuck my summer up end quote all right um, that I thought that was really funny because Scotty Pippen I mean he just won five titles right or he's coming off his fifth title right he's the most underpaid player in all of basketball you guys saw exactly um or i assume you watched watch the show and that's why you listen to this podcast um you guys saw the numbers you guys saw i it said scotty pippen was 122nd in salary even though he was probably the second best player in the nba behind michael jordan at that time all right and, and it's all because he signed this this contract years before that he was he was going to play for seven years and 18 million. Seven years and 18 million. To put that in perspective, Scottie Pippen was was 122nd in the NBA in terms of salary. In today's NBA, 122nd person or the 122nd person paid in the NBA is Andre Roberson, which is like Scottie Pippen. And Andre Roberson. No offense to him. I'm mean, a great NBA player, but Scottie Pippen is is six time champion. I mean, looking back, you know. So for him, for for Scotty to recognize that and say, you know what, I'm not even getting paid that much. Why am I gonna play? Why can't I just have surgery at the beginning of the season? I'm gonna enjoy my summer. I just won a fifth championship, you know. I'm not I'm not doing anything too bad, right? So I thought that was pretty interesting. Scotty Pippen super underrated though just really 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 underrated 20 points uh, during during that this six-year stretch of when he won championships he put all those seasons together he averages 20 points seven rebounds six assists two steals and a block per game all while getting paid what uh just under just over two million a year you know again put it in perspective andre roberson all right another thing i wrote down another really interesting quote was when Jerry Krause said, I'm, or Jerry Krause says, organizations win championships, not players. And I, I 100% disagree. 100% disagree. Um, the Chicago Bulls have not won one, won a championship since. Since he said, organizations win championships, not players. Or since, since obviously, um, the, the last three P. It's just, I don't believe, it's not, it's not that I don't believe that organizations don't win championships, because organizations do win championships, so they do, but it's the players that win it, like, duh, right? For, the players are the ones that are building this entire program up, 
and yeah, the coaching staff too. It's it's everybody. It's an entire organization, not just not just the the GM or the director of basketball operations, not just the head coach. You know, because at the end of the day, it's the product on the field. It's the product on the court that has to succeed, right? You have to get a little lucky with health. You have to get a little lucky with the guys around you. You have to get a little lucky with your schedule. You have to get a little lucky with with just everything, you know, being being hot at the right team or at the right time, right? Because as, as any of us know, it's not always the best team that wins a championship. It's typically, it's the hottest team that wins a championship, right? It is the hottest team. So just in general, I mean, Jerry Krause, this, I think this whole documentary is really painting Jerry Krause as just a totally bad dude. And I obviously I don't know him on a personal level, so I can't really speak to that. But um, it just blows my mind. Like just the things that came out of this dude's mouth just made absolutely zero sense. Absolutely zero sense. Another thing I wrote down, and I got a kick out of this, was did you guys see uh, uh, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton? They had little interviews or little quotes, um, little cameo appearances in, in this documentary. Under Barack Obama's name, it was referred to as former Chicago resident. And under Bill Clinton, it was referred to as former Arkansas governor. I just thought it was super funny. Because, I mean, they're not wrong. Don't get me wrong. And then they're both, like, at the time, Obama was a Chicago resident. And at the time, Bill Clinton was the Arkansas governor. So they were fitting for the time period for for when they were talking about it. I mean, obviously, they were talking about um, Michael Jordan and, and his and the Bulls direct um direct feel on the city of chicago and and the state of illinois um and obviously bill clinton uh was the 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 arkansas governor where uh scotty pippen or when he was when scotty pippen was a a player at arkansas um was it central arkansas something like that some small school something like that and what, what blew my mind about that when they talked about um scotty pippen was that they said he was like, what six six one when he started college, right? He was a six one guard, and then after his freshman year of college, between freshman and sophomore year that summer, they said he grew like five inches. Absolutely insane. That's that's literally like me growing six inches this summer, seven inches this summer, in college. Like, no way I would. I'd grow six or seven inches in college, right? Like, don't they say dudes stop growing by the age of 18? Something like that, right? We hit a huge growth spurt and we just stop? Or I don't know. I'm, I guess that's that's why I'm not in biology. That's why I study sports. <laughs> I don't study the human body. Um, but still, it blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. He, he enters college as a 6'1 freshman guard, leaves college as a 6'7 absolute beast of a forward right um question here did jerry Krause curse the bulls franchise i think he did i'm not gonna lie i think he did it blows my mind as to why Krause and the chicago bulls front office wanted to rebuild it absolutely blows my mind because they're in the middle i mean i guess hindsight we look back at it they are ending their second three-peat. Like they got, they just won five championships in, in every year that Michael Jordan had been there in the last five years. It blows my mind. Like, you're going to try to rebuild 
when you have the greatest player on the planet, the greatest player to ever play, alongside Scottie Pippen, you got Robin, Batman and Robin. Just pay them, right? Or pay pay Pippen. But you don't need to rebuild. It just it blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. What like for for Jerry Krause to say to say that organizations win championships, not players, and then to to go rebuild and and then to tell Phil Jackson that this is going to be your last season coaching. If he Jerry Krause told Phil Jackson that he could go eighty two and zero, win a championship, and he still would not be the coach the following season. And he said this all, even though Michael Jordan had already come out and said he didn't want to play for another coach. He said that if, if Phil Jackson's not there, neither is he. Rightfully so. You just won what would be six championships with the dude. I wouldn't want to play for for any other coach if I just won six championships. And I'm the best player on the planet. I feel like I kind of have that pool, right? As Michael Jordan. Should feel like he has that, he has that kind of pool. Um, Phil Jackson dubbed it, Phil Jackson dubbed the season the last dance when Jerry Krause had told him that he wasn't coming back. I think they had like a folder or something and whatever meeting that Phil Jackson had called said that this was going to be the last dance. And so it meant a lot more to to the organization, to Phil Jackson, to to Michael Jordan, that they dubbed it as the last dance. Like something needed to be special. I mean, he was going for a sixth ring in eight years. And you're going to tell the dude that if you go 82-0, you win a championship, you're not coming back. Just blows my mind. I don't get it. Don't get it one bit. Oh, it, it, and, and what about the in, – in 85, Jordan's rookie year, they talk about the Bulls traveling cocaine circus. I can only imagine every single player on that 85 – Chicago Bulls team sitting in their living room with their families watching that clip where Michael Jordan says he was a rookie knocking on hotel doors um, and he, he stumbles upon the one that he thinks that his teammates are in and they say, shh, somebody's here. And then, and then they hear say, hey, it's Mike. And they're like, like, oh, he's just a rookie. Let him in. He comes in and there's like a majority of the team, which I assume has got to be at least 10, 11 dudes from the Chicago Bulls at 84 team. Right, a bunch of cocaine, a bunch of weed, a bunch of a bunch of girls, women, just everything. Right? I can only imagine that the players on that eighty five team are sitting there telling their families, No, that wasn't me. I wasn't a part of that. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> How awkward would that be? Um But then like the wherewithal for Michael Jordan to to realize like, hey, I'm just a rookie, but I cannot get caught up in this, like one, if there was a raid, obviously we're all going down. He's just as guilty as everybody else, like he said. But for him to to take a step back and say, you know what? Like, I cannot get caught up in this. I am, he's built different, right? He was built different than all those other players, all those other rookies, everybody else in the league. He was just just a, a absolute go-getter, that kind of mentality, right? Uh-huh. Gosh. And another thing I wrote down was that Michael Jordan, his sophomore season, coming off that injury, um, Michael Jordan and load management, which is a really interesting topic. I'd love to talk about this this uh, again in, in, a, in a future podcast about load management. Um, 
But he absolutely did not want it. Did not want it. Front office basically tells um, the Chicago Bulls coaching staff that he's limited to one. He wasn't even going to play, right? Didn't even want to play. They said it was a 90, 90% chance to a 10% chance um, that he would, he would stay safe to never being able to play basketball again. And Michael Jordan said what to the effect of, well, or they compared it to uh, if you have a really bad headache and I give you a bottle with 10 pills, nine of these are going to cure your headache. One of them is going to kill you. Michael Jordan says, well, well, you know, how bad is the damn headache? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, still comes back and, and they put him on what? 14, a 14 minute restriction of playing time. Really, really interesting. 14 minutes, um, not a second over. So in that, um, I think it said April 3rd game against the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. Um, they were down one with 31 seconds left and they just needed somebody to score. And then um, they pulled Michael Jordan out because he had, he had already hit that 14 minute stretch and wouldn't even let him play another 14 seconds to try to go get that bucket, which eventually James Paxson hits it anyways. And they, and they ended up going on to make the playoffs playing the 86 playoffs. And that's when Jordan drops 112 points in two games over the, the Boston Celtics team with four Hall of Famers on it. But he didn't want, Michael Jordan didn't want load management at all. He thought he was fine. He thought he was fine. But I think that just speaks to the different kinds of players that they were all the way back in that time. They were just, the the, the players then were just tough. It was a gritty basketball game. It wasn't, it wasn't about how many jump shots they could take or, or anything like that. It was it was about literally like their game was getting to the basket, getting layups, getting hard earned buckets. Right? Getting absolute hard earned buckets. Um I saw a post earlier today that said uh um it, it captured all the shots from Michael Jordan's um season, right? Uh at least his made baskets. Um said he made thirty was it 36 or 37 um, three-point shots in 1986, that entire season. He made 36 three-point shots in nine, or in, in that, um, that three, the, the third um, championship of the second three-feet. He made 37 three-point shots. To put that in perspective, in today's NBA, Stephen Curry broke the record for, what, 406 three-pointers the three pointers made in the season? MJ made 37 and averaged like 35 points a game that entire season. He made 37 threes the entire season, averaged 36, 35 points a game. Stephen Curry made 400 and what? Six? More than that? He's 450 in a season. And he averaged 31, I think, off the top of my head kind of put it in perspective like two totally different NBAs two totally different eras two totally different dynasties two totally different styles of play gosh I was I was really excited to watch episode one and two of the last dance that was awesome um obviously episode two ends with Scotty Pippen demanding a trade um which we'll find out in the next episode that well we already know that it doesn't come to fruition um but I want, I'm really anxious to know the details. 
really anxious to know the details and exactly what Jerry Krause says or or doesn't say to try to keep Scotty there. Or is it Michael Jordan that tells him? Or is it Rodman? Like there's just so many different ways that you could you could articulate this conversation as to where does it go from here, you know? Oh, another quote that I was just thinking of Phil Jackson when Jerry Krause doesn't invite him to his wedding. He's like, if someone doesn't invite me to the wedding, I'll thank them. Really interesting. Really, really interesting. Um, overall, I mean, Jerry Krause is not getting a... Uh, he's, he is painted as the villain in this um, dynasty, to say the least. He is painted as the absolute villain. Phil Jackson is painted as, at least so far, Phil Jackson is painted so far as this um, masterful head coach that is underpaid also, underappreciated. The Chicago Bulls don't really value him. They think it's all Jordan. Um, and that basically Phil Jackson is just like, you could replace Phil Jackson. That's what that's what they said in, in the documentary. You could replace Phil Jackson, but you can't replace Jordan. Um, Scottie Pippen is obviously portrayed as this, this massively underpaid player, second greatest player in the NBA at the, at the moment, um, demanding a trade. Um, but then Michael Jordan kind of paints Scottie Pippen as, as being selfish towards the end. It says that, that uh, him demanding a trade is selfish. I mean, arguably so. It was December. The Bulls were out of the playoff race. And Scottie Pippen says, yeah, even when I'm healthy, I'm, I don't want to play here. I want to, I want it out. So I guess it is kind of selfish, but at the end of the day, I mean, the dude, I don't, I don't, I can't necessarily call him selfish for getting paid two and a half million dollars a year when Michael Jordan's getting paid 33 million a year. The dude's Robin. It's Batman and Robin. You're paying him 35 million to the duo. And Michael Jordan's getting 35 million or 33 million of that. Huh. So it's really interesting as far as how they paint these players. Michael Jordan is just painted as an absolute beast. Um, uh, just a dude that just has absolute no regard for anything other than winning, other than basketball. Um, gosh, I'm so excited for, for next Sunday. I wish we could just simulate the time between now and, and next Sunday. Really excited to watch that. Um, you know, I am hoping Will can watch episode one or two and then again next week watch episode two or three and four and then we could kind of get into the series again um night one night one of this series was great night two next week is going to be fantastic i cannot wait again i'll probably end up posting the podcast monday morning just like i did with this one um as always you can follow us at underscore game seven on twitter game seven show on facebook game seven show on youtube so we post the full length video clips of this podcast um you know, I made some takes today, talked about some Michael Jordan, talked about Scottie Pippen, Jerry Krause, Phil Jackson. Um, if uh, you don't like my takes, email me, game7showgmail.com. Check it out. Also, if you're watching the video, you can kind of see I'm growing some facial hair. This is what we call the quarantine beard, right? Quarantine mustache, too, a little bit, I guess. I don't really know what I'm doing. But I'm wearing a hat because uh, my hair is getting so long, so I kind of need a haircut, too. Not that you guys necessarily care about that but gotta get a haircut here pretty soon um and i'm gonna end this podcast by saying if you are looking for a dog go to the shelter first thanks for watching we will see you guys on the next podcast let's get after this week make it a good week right